0: Thank mm. you.
1: Thank you. Come, let us adore Him. Amen? Amen. And I trust that this morning the message has exalted the Lord Jesus Christ in the songs. Thank you for that. That's a hammer dulcimer. I believe that hammers are in the genetic structure of the Smith family. So thank the Lord for that beautiful arrangement and the choir number and everything. I I want to... uh, bring to you a message. It's part one because uh, He came for me is our theme not only this morning but it's also going to be our theme next week as well. And as I was listening to the music I, I try to listen to the words and how the words speak to my heart and that's very important. Uh, it's not just that we're listening to the quality of the music though I think the quality has been outstanding this morning and the beauty of it. But how do the words uh, ring true to our own hearts? And the theme this morning is, He came for me. And, you know, when I realized that He came for me, that's when I accepted the Lord as my Savior. That He died on the cross. You know, Christmas is not about Santa Claus. It's about Jesus Christ. And we celebrate His birth. It's sad that He doesn't get as much attention as Santa Claus does today. You go through the stores and the malls or you walk around... The facilities, you'll see more about the commercialization of Christmas rather than the holiness of which it should be about in our worship hymn. This morning, the theme of our songs, there's uh, several of them, and our song man will advance the slides as we get into this. Who is he? Uh, he came for me. So we ask this question, who is he? That's an important question to answer, isn't it? I was reading in Second John this morning as I'm Almost finishing up the Bible for this year. And, and uh, I was reading there in verses 8 and 9. Where it says that if you get it wrong. Or if people bring the wrong message about who he is. You're not even supposed to, to bid them godspeed speed. Or, or entertain their their false concepts or philosophies in your house. So We need to get it right, don't we? He is the Son of God. and our songs this morning, Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus, joy of the highest heavens. Most of my verses this morning, you could put your finger, I don't know how your Bible divides the chapter, but if you were to turn to Matthew chapter 1 and 2, and Luke chapter 1 and 2, and just kind of put your finger there, or put your uh, ribbon of your Bible there, you'll be seeing that I'll be flipping back and forth, though I will not limit my message to those two our four chapters, it'll be throughout the Bible because Jesus is throughout the Bible. This book is about who He is. He is the Word, He's the living Word. And we get to read His Word, and the prophecies of the Scriptures are so amazing to think that some man could fabricate a story like this thousands of years ago or 5,000 years ago. Just amazing. It's a true story, it's the light of the world that came to us, it's God's Son. In Luke chapter 1, verse 32, it says, He shall be great, and He shall be called the Son of the Highest. When I looked up that word highest, it's always in reference to the highest. Isn't that right? There's no one higher than God. God the Father, and God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Uh, He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto Him the throne of His father David. I looked up that in the book of Genesis where the first announcement of the scepter in Genesis 49.10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. Unto him shall be gathered of the people be. This is an amazing prophecy because Jacob is giving this of his son Judah while they were in Egypt in their 400 years of captivity. They couldn't even imagine having a king. But God is promising a king from the line of Judah and through the line of David. Joy, joy of highest heavens. In John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, It is God coming to be with us. Don't get that wrong. He is deity in the fullness. It's a part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We've said this in times past, that if there was not a Trinity, who would God love for all of eternity? You remember that when people try to do away with the eternality of God and the deity of God. You see, Christmas is not the beginning of Jesus Christ. It is when he came to this world, or we celebrate his birth, when he came and he took on human flesh. He is God, and he's not only called God throughout the scriptures, but God himself calls him God. And one of the most important passages in the scriptures that you and I can remember is Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8, where God the Father calls the Son. It says there, thy throne, God the Father is speaking, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. He has brought the kingdom of righteousness. So who is he? Jesus, the Son of God, as we've sung this morning. Jesus, joy of the highest heavens. And then I asked this question, uh, how did he come? And the choir sang and the songs were uh, sung this morning. Thou didst leave what? Thy throne. And then he came, a child, a king. And then, O come, O come, Emmanuel. I was listening to the words, If thou didst leave thy throne, and the fact that God sent his Son to this world and left the glories of heaven that he had been accustomed to for all of eternity to come down to this world. How did he come? He came as a child, a king. He came to help us. In uh, Matthew 2, 2, You'll notice that the wise men, the Magi, got it right. When they came to Herod and they said unto him, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? They understood. Here these men coming from the Orient afar, possibly from Iran, or that area over there. They traveled some 500 miles to come and to find this king who was born of the Jews. There, he says, for we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. He left his throne. He came as a child. He came as a king. And then the song, O come, O come, Emmanuel. And we all know what Emmanuel means. It means what? God with us. God with us. By the way, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, God is with you. Each and every moment of your life. Amen to that. Aren't we thankful for that? He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, Verses in the scriptures in Matthew 1, 23. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. Again, a fulfillment of prophecy of Isaiah 7, 14. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. By the way, when you see these kinds of statements, you need to understand that uh, this would be in violation of the Ten Commandments if he was not God. Isn't that right? We have to understand that. You're not supposed to worship anybody but God. And, uh, and he is called God. And the angels bow down before him. But he made himself. In verse 7 of Philippians. It says he made himself of no reputation. And we understand the humble birth. Of his coming. And took upon him the form of a servant. And was made in the likeness of man. And being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself. And became obedient unto death. Even the death. Of the cross. So. How did he come? He left his throne. He was a child of the king. O oh, come, O oh, come, Emmanuel, God with us. Now we come to the question, why did he come? Why did he come? You know, we have to and, and, and everybody needs to stop and ask that question. Most people in this world, even in our Orient and other places understand that there was a person by the name of Jesus and The Bible talks about him, but why did he come? We sang this morning, he came, or our theme this morning, excuse me, is he came for me. And Jesus is our Christmas peace. I want you to think about those things. He came for me. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, it says, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save who? Those who are lost. Those who are lost. Now, most people don't understand that they're lost. That's a sad commentary of mankind today. The devil distracts them on their journey, and they don't even realize that they're off course. The Bible says broad is the way that leads to damnation, and many are on that path. Jesus Christ came to discover those who are lost. And listen, my friend, before you can be found, before you can be saved, excuse me, I shouldn't say found, before you can be saved, you need to recognize that you're lost. There's a need that you have. And the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We need to understand that man has a problem. There is none righteous, no, not one. And He is discovering and He's looking for those that are lost. And this morning, if you have recognized that you are a sinner and that you are lost and that you need a Savior, He has come seeking for you. And I'm glad He found me. <laughs> and I found Him. Can you imagine? How many have ever been lost? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I get lost driving down battle line. How many have ever that had that happen? You know, yeah, I'm, I'm on this road. Where am I going? That's a startling reality. We're on the road of life. Where are we going? There's an eternity out there. And the Bible says that a man... Comes into this world as a sinful person. And he needs to be rescued. He needs to be saved. And when we talk about this. That Jesus is our Christmas peace. When we think about peace. That means that there's been a war. For, or there's been a struggle. And that struggle is that we have enmity between God and us. Because he is so holy. And we are sinful. And the only bridge that can ga- bridge that gap between man and God. Is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he came to bring peace. We think about that peace and there are several passages in the scriptures in Luke chapter 1 verse 79 it says to give them uh, me, uh, Luke chapter 1 verse 79 to give them light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadows of death to guide our feet unto the way of peace. You know it's dangerous walking in darkness. This morning I went out to get my coffee and it's usually dark the time I get up in the morning I got my coffee and I come back in to the bedroom and I hit the wall and there goes my coffee. Now, my wife doesn't know that, so don't tell her, all right? It's like last night, I. I pulled the jug of tea out of the refrigerator, a whole gallon jug of tea. And somehow I dropped it out of my hands all over the floor. And I thought, I'm going to clean this up or my wife is going to kill me. (laughs) Do you think a man can clean it up well enough to to keep it from his wife? (laughs) Amazing how she finds stuff like that. But that's that's it. We 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 are discovered. And when God discovers us and his light shines on us, we recognize ourselves as sinful. And I tell you what, the longer that light has been shining on my life, the more recognizing that sin is. But man thinks they're good. Man thinks he's walking in the right direction. My friends, the Bible says we're lost, and we need to have Peace with God and he came to guide our feet feet in the way of peace in Luke chapter two, verse 14. It says uh, glory to God. This is what the angel says to the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill towards men. He came to bring peace in Isaiah nine, six for unto us, a child is born unto us, a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father and the prince Prince of peace in Romans five, one says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace. I want to ask you a question. Do you have peace? Is there peace in your soul? Have you made, made peace with God? You know, they talk about before people die. And you know, they talk about this rest in peace. You know, there's a lot of people that aren't resting in peace. Have you made your peace with God by accepting the Lord Jesus Christ sacrifice on the cross? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can give you that eternal peace. Colossians one twenty says, and having made peace through the blood of the cross by him to reconcile, to purchase back all things unto himself by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in, in heaven. The Lord Jesus Christ died. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 11. Wherefore remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh. Who are called uncircumcised by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh. Made by hands. In verse 12 it says that. At the time ye were without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. And strangers from the covenant of promise. Having no hope. And without God in this world, if a person dies without Jesus Christ as their Savior, they will have no hope. In Ephesians uh, 2.13 it says, But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off were made nigh by the blood of Christ. For He is our peace. Who hath made both one and hath broken down that middle wall partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments that contain in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. You know, you go through the Bible and you discover that the only peace that you and I can have is in Jesus Christ. He says, in this world, there's going to be tribulations. There's going to be wars. And we see even these increasing as the end times come. So, why did He come? He came for me. And He is our Christmas peace. And then, lastly, what's going to be our response? What's going to be our response? We sang, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. The lady sang the candlelight carol, beautifully done. Joyful, joyful. The orchestra played this morning. Go tell it on the mountain. And I was thinking about that. All those should be our responses. Hark the herald angels sing. Now we know that they said uh, what they said. Glory to God in the highest. But hark the herald. And I started thinking about this. You ever you ever think about the angels as they came and they said uh, in Luke 2:13 there was suddenly there was an angel uh, uh, with the angel a multitude a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, you know, the, the angels were excited about Jesus coming to this world. You ever think why? You ever think why? When we think of angels, we think of guardian angels. We think of angels that are to minister to us. And those are truths. But do you know that God gives to the angels... The responsibility of the transport of your soul to eternity? You ever think about that? The Bible says in Luke 15:10: Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Why is the, the angelic host rejoicing in heaven? I believe it's because there's one soul that they will not have to throw into the lake of fire. Now, you ponder that. And there's scriptures, as you look at that, in, uh, in Luke chapter 16, we read about uh, Lazarus there. And it came to pass that the beggar died, and he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died, and he was buried. In Matthew, excuse me, in in Psalm 116, 15, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. I was called to the hospital yesterday from our church up in Portland, and they said there's a mother of one of their members that was in a very serious accident out in Harrisburg, Coburg area, and I believe her car was T-boned late at night, and She's in critical condition in ICU. She's still, as best I know, she's still there. And I I went up into the hospital to pray with the family. and, And truly, it's Nick and Tuck there, whether she's going to live or whether she's going to die. And we prayed for God's will. And truly, to everyone who knows Jesus Christ as their Savior, death is a promotion into heaven, isn't it? And there's comfort there. In fact, the Bible tells us to comfort one another with those words that there's a reality of heaven. Lost people today in the world doesn't understand that. And God knows what's best for this woman. Her name is Sue, and I would encourage you to pray for her. The family came down. Some kids from our camp were there. A daughter from camp was there and all. And precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. But on the flip side of it, In Matthew chapter 13, verse 42, it says, And shall cast them into a furnace of fire, where there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. You see, there's the flip side of the angel's responsibility. In verse 49 of Matthew 13, So shall it be at the end of the world, the angel shall come forth and sever the wicked from amongst the just. In verse... 50 says, And shall cast them into the furnace of fire, where there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. When we sing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, may it remind us of the joy that they have in heaven when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Because instead of casting you into the lake of fire, they will be able to enjoy you for all of eternity in heaven. Oh, I hope you remember that. Well, they sang a candlelight carol, find him. It was a part of the words there. And joyful, joyful, we, we should be joyous. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ and you have found him and you've discovered that you were lost and God found you and you put your faith in him and now you have peace with God, I'm going to tell you, your soul should be overflowing with joy. Amen to that? By the way, do you know that Jesus Christ's soul was overflowing? Flowing with joy when he died on the cross. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 3, it says, Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Why did Jesus have joy on the cross? Even in the midst of suffering. Because he took our sins. and He knew that he could rescue us from eternity in hell. So what is our response? Yes, The angels are singing and we find Him and there's joy in our heart if you know Him. And then go tell it on the mountain. I'm going to tell you something. The greatest news that we can be sharing with people is the gospel that Jesus Christ came to this world. He came for me. That's your testimony. He died, He was buried, and He rose again for me. Do you know Him? I hope you do. Let's have heads bowed and eyes closed. He came for me. I'll tell you what, when I think about this, the verse that was read at the offering this morning is John 3.16. For God so loved the world. I would hope that that verse would be a hallmark verse in your life and a verse that you would share to others. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He came for me. What's Christmas all about? He came for me. May that be your theme this year. And if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, why not right now put your faith in Him? If the light of God's Word is reflecting in your heart, and you're seeing yourself in need of Him, then why don't you put your faith and trust in what he has done? There's no other way to bring peace before God than to accept his sacrifice, the sacrifice of his own son upon the cross. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Um, Rest in peace. He's in a better place. We hear this oftentimes at funeral. Not always is that the case. In fact, oftentimes it is not the case. Because, my friend, if we die without Jesus Christ as our Savior, we have no hope of heaven. There's not a wishing. There is no hope, the Bible says. So I ask you right now, do you have Jesus Christ as your Savior? And if He is, boy, you can rejoice this morning. God loved you so much that He sent His Son. And you know what? That causes me to rejoice. A joy unspeakable and full of of glory. Do you know Him this morning? If you don't, why don't you put your faith into Him? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed and we've listened to the choir and I've brought these songs that they sang this morning. And this morning you say, you know what, I have accepted the Lord as my Savior. If I were to die right now, I know I would go to heaven. Can you answer that affirmatively? If you can, I want you to say, yes, preacher, yes, praise the Lord, I can't. I know him. Would you lift your hand and just say, that's my testimony this morning. I know him. I know without a shadow of a doubt. And thank you very much. If you say, I'm not sure, but this morning, I really do want to be sure. I don't want to miss heaven. But it's not just about missing heaven. It's about missing life, too. It really is. Many people find that they're missing out on life because they don't have the author of life in their lives. This morning, if God's been speaking into your heart, and you say, you know what? I need to know him. I understand this morning he came for me and I want to put my faith in him. If that's your prayer, this morning, would you slip your hands up as well? All right. And then finally, this morning, go tell it on the mountain. This world needs to hear about Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you so much for the songs that we've sung this morning. And as we sing now our closing invitation song, it is my prayer that if there's anyone here that needs you, whatever capacity it might be, to think that you've sent your son to take care of our eternal destiny. What a great God we serve, but also to take care of us and help us on our journey. Not only do we discover the ways of life, but Father, we walk on a path that's been illuminated by the Word of God. And we can discover the riches of who You are and how we're to walk. And we can proclaim it upon the mountaintops and the houses crying out uh, with our voices of how great Thou art. Oh God, help us to proclaim You. We are living in a world that needs to know what Christmas is all about. You sent Your Son to be our Savior. Thank You for the clear message. May we go away with rejoicing in our hearts. May we be thrilled with the love of God. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing our closing invitation song this morning. And it's, uh, only trust Him. Let's stand together. Only trust Him. And as we sing it this morning, it is my prayer. That God would continue to work in your life. And if there's needs that you have. That you would respond during this time. Come every soul I see oppressed. There's mercy with the Lord. And He. God's word is true. Amen. God's word. That is a true statement. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad you've trusted in him for your soul's
0: destiny?
1: Oh, I'm telling you, there's great joy in knowing our wonderful Lord. Well, I'm glad that you've come this morning. I hope that you will come back tonight and be a part of our Christmas program with our children. They've worked hard ever since September for tonight's presentation and invite people. You know, Christmas is a wonderful time to invite people to church. And I want to encourage you. I think we still have some more flyers on the back. And so pick those up. And next Sunday, it will be part two of He Came for Me. And uh, next Sunday, we're going to talk about worshiping Him. So between now and then, there's a few other activities in the bulletin you can read over. We're having a membership orientation if you're interested in that, then uh, sign up on the welcome center or see me about that. That's going to be tomorrow night at seven o'clock. Next Sunday night, we're having a communion, a Christmas communion service, and uh, and a baptism. If you are wanting to be baptized, then you can uh, let us know that as well. And uh, the golden chosen are having a potluck on uh, uh, Tuesday, and those kinds of things. And Wednesday, we're having the uh, group from LifeGate—they're going to be singing, putting on a concert here at our church. And so, a lot going on this week. And so, take a breath and go out and shout with your voice. And we've got a couple of folks we want to shout about this morning. Also, people that are celebrating fifty years of marriage or longer. And these folks are uh, the the Van Hoosers. And praise the Lord for them. <laughs> Van Hoosers are not with us this morning. I believe they are in uh, Sutherland. He's preaching this morning. He's been some 60-some years in the ministry, and he's down there helping a, a church continue on and also do pray for them. And then we also have Bob and Eva Penick. Bob and Eva, amen. Amen. 55 years. When we put their picture up there, Bob, it looked like, oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Praise the Lord for you. I tell you, do enjoy this time and share your faith. You are dismissed.